Welcome into the channel podcast. I am your host, Rainy, alongside my good friend, Austin Brown. It is September the 12th, 2022. We've got a lot to cover, a lot to cover. The Vols take care of business while going up to pit 34 to 27. We'll also, we'll take a look around the SEC and the country as well as some firing took place, as some firing took place, some losses also as well. A firing took, took place. A firing took place, and some losses took place. And uh, the Tennessee Volunteers versus the Florida Gators is set for September the 24th at 3.30 p.m. And I wanted to start off the show with the SEC on CBS. Because as you were saying earlier to myself in a text message, this could be the last time we hear this. It, I, th- I actually was kind of wrong. It, we get it next year too. I, okay. I know that I, I got corrected on that a lot on Twitter, but, okay. um, um, so, but mo- most likely one of the last times we're going to hear that, hear that music for our, for our balls, for our precious. Yeah. On the banks of the Tennessee River, you're looking live at Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> Wait, no, that, that's Burn. I don't know if they Brad Nessler does that. Point. Yeah, but but nonetheless, it's coming to an end, and it's kind of sad because you kind of grew up with that noise. You kind of grew up with the sounds and the and the nostalgia of of that song leading you into a big game. And it seems like after this week's victory or last week, sorry, uh, victory over the Pittsburgh Panthers at their house, that this game has higher implications riding on it for the trajectory of our program going forward. But before we get to that, I want, I, I want to talk about the pit game because I think Tennessee did something that they haven't done in a very long time, which there, actually there was two things they haven't done in a very long time. And one of those things was come back from, from a, from a, from a, des- a deficit and actually come out on top and we're not on the other end we are the mm-hmm. ones that are, are that, that are that are victorious we are the one we are the winners and that mm-hmm. has not happened hardly at all very much since what 2003 a road victory 2003 against it's, a top 25 opponent the first non-conference top 25 wins since there we go. uh 03, there we go. 03 miami we ended their home winning streak so it's been a while it's been a while it 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 wasn't the prettiest thing in the world. My God, no, it wasn't. There was a lot of times to be angry, but you know what? Sometimes, sometimes things don't go right. That's just going to be, be the way it goes. It just seemed like every time you wanted Tennessee to jump out and run away with this game, they just never did. And it kind of came back to bite us. I mean, we went to overtime, but thankfully through it all, we stayed, stayed strong and got the win. It's all we, matters. We stayed strong and we did get the win. And it, it wasn't from the unit that we thought it was going to be from, which was the offense. No. It was the other way around. It was the defense that came up clutch when they needed to. I wouldn't necessarily say come up clutch, but they, they stepped up when the offense went silent. They stepped up when, when we needed them to step up. And that's big. That's huge for momentum going forward. It was a different kind of game. It's it wasn't the typical way you think of this Tennessee team winning a game. You think of this team winning a game. You think they're gonna jump out twenty 
something points in the first quarter and keep adding to it and just run away with it like they did with South Carolina, Missouri, Vandy, all, all those other wins. It's not the way you think it would would have happened. We came out the gates like crap. Went up doing now ten nothing. Huggers are overthrowing guys. Guys are dropping balls. We it's bad stuff all around. And then Trayvon Flowers finally got that interception, and that kind of turned momentum, and up to a point where we led, I think, by seven at halftime after that uh, fumble we forced on Caden Slovis. And you know you felt good at halftime. You felt really good. You felt really good at halftime. And then we came out and had uh, maybe the worst second half or the worst half of football of the Josh Heupel era. That that sent us to overtime. It was it. I guess you could say that of the Heupel, I guess the short stint that Heupel's been here. I guess you could say that's been one of the most more poor halves that we've that we've played. But I just want to go back to kind of what I said at the beginning. That that the we pulled it out, and that mm-hmm. has not happened. That has not been the story for several several years, more than several years, decades of years, and it. it my I, my myself watching the game what was i doing i wanted to break stuff i was pissed i was screaming i was yelling because you were screaming and yelling because you thought here we go mm-hmm. we're not going to be able to pull this out and then when you pull that out the feeling is so it's so good it is such a good feeling to actually do it and you can tell how much this meant to the players and how much this meant to the coach to get this this win like you mm-hmm. could tell they were they, and and that's why i think they came out real shaky i i think i think that was in their head i don't care what anyone says it was in their head they were thinking about it they wanted to get this victory so badly because i think this is the kind of victory that you can build upon. Actually, I know you can build upon this victory because you fought and you did not stop and you actually won that game. And there were certain moments in that game. Cedric Tillman's unstoppable. He, he's amazing. You, he, didn't you even, can, he didn't even have that good a game. He dropped half his passes. And, I know. He was so amazing still. I know. He, he he Early on, you could really see the nervousness and mm-hmm. – but but between Tillman and Hooker overthrowing balls and Tillman dropping just catches our right in his hand, just just uncharacteristic things that we did, and the way we just kept previous Tennessee teams would have deflated. Oh, yeah. Something goes wrong, they deflated. And to go back to that Trayvon Flowers interception, that was an NFL interceptions, mm. both feet. Toe tap inbounds. That was an NFL type play right there. That was an NFL type play. Even on that play, though, what happened well, partially was we got so much pressure on the quarterback, we forced him into a bad decision. Aaron Beasley, my God, that guy was in the quarterback's face all night. And you know what? People are going to say, oh, Pitt, if Caden Slow stayed healthy, uh, you guys would have lost. I'm like, well, you know why he wasn't healthy? So D line was playing their ass off. That's why. I mean, that, that's part of the reason you win a football game because, I mean, you kind of get credit for taking guys out of the game. That D-line, I think we I think we had more rushes to the quarterback than we had in any game in the past 15 years of Tennessee football. It was, it was so impressive. There were, there were periods in that game 
where our D line, not even D line, just our defense in general, was in the backfield so much. I mean, you knocked mm-hmm. out two quarterbacks. Yeah. And what was the biggest talking point last week? Man, our pass rush. I'm like, dude, it's we we played Ball State. They're not going to show anything. Well, you got yeah. a little preview of what it's like when we do blitz, and we knocked out two quarterbacks. It's so just, it's so crazy because. I mean, this team is not supposed to be in on defense. Like, we don't expect anything. We think we're going to have to outscore teams 50 to 40. That's what you think every time. If we don't mm-hmm. score over 50, we're kind of worried. Like, that's what we're thinking. And this defense probably heard all that. Probably heard all that chatter, heard all that, and, and knew they, they were they were better than, than people thought. That All Josh and I was talking about in the uh, fall camp was how in depth they had defense and how this was – it's going to be such an improved unit. And you know what? He wasn't lying. That was a much better defense than we saw last year. Much improved. And it's nice. Like, we got forced into a game we don't want to be in and got to win. And it makes you, in my head, I think of, uh, like, on a season, you can have your worst game maybe twice. Once or twice. And I feel like we just got away with having our worst game on offense and getting a win. That That's so hard to do. It's it kind of reminds me of like NCAA, uh, kind of like basketball. Like you know, in a in a five game stretch, one of those games you're gonna play like crap. Things just aren't gonna hit. You're gonna mess a bunch of shots, and you're gonna end up like our basketball team did losing to Michigan in a day where you could you just couldn't make shots. And today seemed like a day where we just weren't hitting our passes. We were dropping balls, mm-hmm. and the offense wasn't flowing at all. And we got away with it. I, I feel we 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 stole we stole something today. Or yesterday, and I feel like that's going to be such a bailout going forward because I don't think our offense is going to be like bad like that going forward. No, they won't, but they will have their moments. And and the defense coming through like that when they were having their moments was big. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and, and there 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 was some big flaws, some big gaping holes like the running game, uh, trying to stop the running game. And we let some big runs go, oh. uh, some big mm-hmm. runs, and that's an issue. I mean, it, when you get it, they they had half of the yardage from one run. Half of oh, the I know. pit rushing yards came from one run. I, I know, but my 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 prime point to that is, well, listen, Pitt's a big team. They're not small, Mm-mm. but you're going to get more, like extreme amounts of like talented running backs that you're going to face pretty soon. They're going to be a whole lot better, a whole lot just more athletic, more powerful. You're going to get that. So. From week one to week two, the defense, we didn't, like I said, the first week against Ball State, didn't have to do much. This week we showed up and showed a lot uh, of tape that Florida can watch. Uh, we, can get to, we can get to Akron here in a little bit, but I, I would be a 50-point favorite in that game. It's like, a, we, like we're we don't, have to, we don't really have to. I'm be honest. We, Akron lost 52 nothing to Michigan State. There's your preview. Okay, I'm I'm not being too cocky. I know App State beat A and M, and I know Marshall beat Notre Dame, but I'm just gonna tell you, Akron is is like Miami of Ohio, but maybe a little bit worse. I'm not or Ball State. Who do we play? Ball State. Yeah, yeah. Ball State. So, Ball State. Ball State. Whatever. Ball, Ball State. Yeah. Uh, here, here, here is here's the here's the thing that um that that comes to mind when you know earlier this year I think it was the first it was before the first game even started and we said 
it just feels different. It doesn't feel like we're a team that just going to fold. We have a, we have a confident group and we beat the teams. I feel like now that we're supposed to beat and run over. We're, we're getting to that point to where we're, we're running over the teams that are just in our way. We're, we're getting to that point. That's, that's the first step we need to take as a, as a program to, to get back to a respectable relevancy level where people are like, crap, we got to play Tennessee. This is not the same Tennessee. That's the first step. I think we're starting to do that. We're starting to get to that point where we're beating teams where we are supposed to beat them. The next step is we need to start upsetting some teams we're not supposed to beat. And I have a feeling that this year something like that can happen. And I think it will happen because you're going to get a team like you did, let's say, last year against South Carolina when we were up 28-0 in the first quarter. You're going to get a game like that against a team that you're not supposed to beat this year where you're going to get hot like that. I think it's going to happen. I don't know against who, but I think it will happen. Honestly, right now it feels like there's only two possible, you know, games for for upsets this year. Isn't that crazy? That's, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I I think it's partially SEC isn't looking too hot this year. We like we, we look good. Like there's like two or three good teams and just a mild crap. It really yeah. feels like that at this point in time. And people are like, someone's like, "Are you worried about Kentucky?" I'm like, Kentucky. they're gonna get tacky uh when they come to neon stadium it's just calling that um but going back to that pittsburgh game i mean there's just so much stuff there left untapped too i mean okay we fumbled we we had a traditional fumble from jalen wright we had a drop punt we had a block punt we had so many drop passes we had so many things that wouldn't happen usually. And we got away with getting a win. It's just like, we will be better going forward. I'm going to bank on that was our worst game on offense or one of them, at least hopefully the worst game on offense we'll have all season. We played for the second quarter and overtime. That is when our offense showed up the fourth quarter, the third quarter, the first quarter, they were MIA. You did not know where they were. I don't know where they were. We're still looking for them. They showed up later, and we found a way to get a win. That's so huge. What made me happy, what made me excited about the trajectory of where this could possibly go is maybe I I think I maybe stated it earlier, but when one unit was down, the other one went up. One was down, one went up. One stepped up when one stepped down. It it wasn't a deflating factor of our offense isn't working, our defense is going to deflate. Because we were not playing well in offense. And usually last year, I guess because we have more depth and, and more players to come in and get breathers to the players that are starting. But last season, I felt like the defense got so wore out throughout a game. But this time that didn't happen and they had to fight till the very end and the very last tick of the clock they, look, they to... look better they... here's another, here's another thing i noticed 
I didn't see one guy go out injured. I didn't see one guy hobble off the field. How is that even possible in a three hour? They were on the field for three hours. I felt like just like constantly playing. And I didn't see anyone go out injured that defense. Yeah. And it was just like Rodney Garner deserves a lot of praise. Most of those guys were his unit. And, and, and we had playmakers too. Like I think uh, how many times we sacked a quarterback. I remember Tyler Barron had that big sack strip fumble. Tyler Barron in. had one. Byron Young had one. Uh, oh, Wesley West, Walker had Wesley that, Walker that, had had that one. fourth down stop. That was awesome. He did not see him at all coming off the edge. No, he had one. Uh, who got the sack late in the game in overtime? Trayvon Flowers. Did he, yeah, he did. That was him. Yeah. Yes. And Trayvon had game. a big game. He's okay. Trayvon Flowers and Aaron Beasley really stuck out to me. Beasley, Aaron yes. Beasley is all over the place. And you, you said earlier before the season started that you were worried about him. Are these questions being kind of answered about that statement that you said? I think I was worried about linebacker uh, at depth because um, we don't have any there. And um, well, we have a little bit more now if Juwan Mitchell could ever play, which uh, maybe he will this week. We'll, we'll find out. But yeah, Aaron Beasley looked like he stepped he stepped up big time. I mean, he he looked like he put on a lot of weight. He looks like he has more drive than he used to. Right. It just looks like a totally improved unit. Jeremy Banks didn't even have that big a game, really. It seemed like, and the defense still stayed strong. And just all the D linemen we kept subbing out: uh, Amari Thomas, Karat Garland, uh, Jeron Taylor or and Terry, whatever his name is. Just like it. We had such a good rotation going. We have more depth at D line than we get credit for. It is, it's pretty good. It's pretty freaking good. And, and then here's, have, here's the thing I didn't see coming. Sorry. Uh, but, Warren Burrell did not suck. He did not get targeted and just abused, used and abused all day like he did for some reason against Ball State. He had an okay game. He let up that last touchdown pass into overtime, but I'll be honest, he had great covers there. That was great cover. Hell of a catch. That was a yeah. that was just a, a throw that it was just like a, a a backpedaling just throw of just like desperation that just happened to just go straight in the right spot to where he could just get over there, but it it last week I said week one overreactions are the most overreacting things of any reaction in sports. Week one football overreactions are a hell of a drug. And people react to one week of football, just like you're reacting, people are reacting to the NFL right now, of one week of football. You cannot take anything away from one game, especially the first game of the season. Yeah. Like you said, Warren Burrell didn't get picked on. He was he played well. He played really yeah. good. Which and is it, shocking because he was bad last year. But it's like it's it's just a week-to-week thing. Like you cannot. I say by the time you get to the Florida game, you're going to see kind of what we are. But building mm. up to that game, that that is, you can't take much away from it. You can take away the the, the aspect of us hanging in the pit game, and and fighting through every every crazy obstacle that happened in that game. Because I'm not I'm not going to lie, I was screaming, I was saying things that I don't even ever say because yeah. I was I wanted to win that game. That game was a must win. 
That and was felt, a must win. It was, and we were being given it the whole second half, and it felt like we just kept tripping on ourselves and just shooting ourselves in the foot. Yes, and, and you kind of had that feeling of like, oh, here we go. It felt like such a Tennessee loss. It, it felt like it's coming. It's like we've seen this before. We've seen yeah. this story before. Mm-hmm. But then we stepped up. The defense stepped up when they needed to. The offense stepped up when they needed to. A team, a team stepped up. Not some individual, not some – oh, God, sound like Butch Jones right there. There's not no some, INT, man. <laughs> yeah, but not like but, – but in serious. Because when you lose key players like Alante Taylor and players like, of, like Matthew Butler, those are key players. And it kind of reminds this is kind of a uh, kind, of, kind of a extreme example, but the 98 Tennessee Volunteers. Oh my god, they lost, you know, they lost paid Manning. Like, what are they gonna do? Like the team stepped up. Yeah. They they played better knowing that they had to play as more of a they had to solidify as a more of a unit than they did individual players. And sometimes that is a recipe for a lot of wins because you can have those players like Elante Taylor just making plays and giving people fits. Or you can have a couple players that fill in for Elante Taylor, like two or three guys that sub in and out. Like that's a recipe for good stuff to happen because they're not getting tired. Or like we yeah. finally saw a little bit of depth. So let me propose this question. I know it's early, and I don't know how the Florida game's going to go. But there's going to be a lot of drunk people kneeling <laughs> at 3.30. So, but did this little glimpse of depth make you think, okay, if we give this guy just a couple more years, he gets the depth in, this could be really solid? Yeah. I, I definitely think it does. I mean, he's succeeding with what he's got. Why wouldn't he do better with more? I, I, is it? Does he make every decision I want him to make? Absolutely not. Is he absolutely perfect? No, no, no coach is perfect. This, but this style that he's playing right now, this offense, when it when it works, it works really well. And it's the style that a lot of teams are going with now. I mean, Ole Miss is the closest team to it, and. They're having a lot of success. I definitely trust Lane Kiffin as an offensive mind. I I definitely think Hypel has a bright future here if all things go well. And and we don't have that good of a team right now. This this team is not that good, and we are making it work again. I mean, Hooker, we had a game where Hooker looked off, Cedric was dropping balls, and we did all those mistakes, and we got a win on the road like that. That is just that shows you how high the ceiling is for this team. The ceiling is the roof, as they, as the kids would say, <laughs> as the kids of Michael Jordan would say. Um, and, and what are some, though, I don't want to make anything negative right now, but what were some of the negatives you were screaming think, about during the game? Oh, God. I, I got like three or five. You got three, five, or ten. Okay. One was the defensive line in the run game. I know you didn't with that one run, that one chunk play. Uh, that kind of worries me because 
we need them to stop the run. We we need to get pressure with just four of the guys in the run game. Yeah. And that kind of worries me a little bit because when we get, like I said, we get, we get to the bigger, the better running backs on our schedule. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a whole lot more difficult if we can't stop it with the front four. And this isn't being negative at all. This is critiquing. I mean, this is what you watch. I mean, we're spewing out facts right now. I uh, center of the field, wide open. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Center hey. of the field screamed it a thousand times. I yelled it so many times. The center of the field is just always open. It is always open, and that's a bit of a concern. Well, the problem is like, okay, we want to defend the pass. Well, let's, we want to get pressure on the quarterback. Well, if we want pressure on the quarterback. There's no way we're going to do it unless we rush our linebackers, and then we rush our linebackers, and the middle of the field's open. And even uh-huh. when they're there, they're not playing that great of coverage, I'll be honest. Here's what I notice a lot. Our linebackers would be set about five, five, six, seven yards from the line of scrimmage. They'd be set in the middle. The ball would they would snap the ball, and I understand it's, it's scheme and stuff. But it was so many times when it was so obvious that they're probably going to go in the middle because it would be like third down or something like that. And it was just it was their go to play, and our linebackers would be lined up right in the middle, and both of them would sprint to the opposite sides of each other, to the almost to the like towards the sidelines. And I know it's like a scheme and you're trying to, I don't, I'm I'm not like a football expert when it comes to defenses or offenses. I don't know the X's and O's, but it seemed kind of weird that they would, the quarterback for Pitt would hike the ball and they would just sprint out to the right or left. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't know what kind of scheme that is, or if someone could, you know, chime in and tell us that'd be great, but it just seemed a little off when so many times when they needed a big play, they went straight over the middle and that those are probably two or three things that kind of worry me. But then again, there are things that you can easily fix. It's not, not hard to fix yeah. that stuff. I feel like a lot of times they'll figure out one thing that works on us and keep doing it over and over again. Like with Ole Miss, they would, uh, it just, it, it'd be third down and long every time. And Matt Corral would just drop back and then run for a first down. Like that happened over, 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 over until the game was over. And hopefully, and we did get get pressure on the quarterback a few times when we rushed guys and was able to disrupt them and, you know, stop it a few times. But the times we didn't, they were wide open passes in the middle. And don't get me wrong, we don't have the greatest defense in the world. I know that. I know we don't have the most skilled players. We don't have – uh Ray Lewis back there, you know, yeah, being the quarterback mm-hmm. of the defense. No, I'm no, I'm not expecting perfect. It's it's not going to be perfect. It cannot be perfect, but that seems like something you need to fix up. And uh, okay, this is something that really I actually noticed in the in the Ball State game, and I noticed it even bigger in the um, Pittsburgh game. And that is Princeton Fant is not a fan of blocking. He will let guys just run right past him. I think it was one third down. I mean, you would just <laughs> not even yes. touch him. He just and he just... did it against Ball State too. 
why he's yeah. big, he's big, but he's just not a fan. Princeton fan. Princeton fan, I told you, reminds me a bit of a Johnny Smith when he gets the ball in his hands. Princeton fan wants to be a catching tight end. That's what he wants to be. Because he his speed is unworldly for a tight end. He is fast for a tight end. And if you can catch him over the middle on like a, a slant or something like that, or a post, he he's fast. That guy can go. So that's one part of his game. I, I agree. Austin has lacking because there was several times where he just let people blow right by him. I, I, I think I think well. I think he let up like um I think he didn't block a guy at all. And then the following play he got called for holding, which is ironic. <laughs> and so he like destroyed the drive kind of himself. Yeah. Uh and then uh one thing I noticed that worried me is uh we uh <laughs> we don't have much of uh we don't have much we don't have a good running back. <laughs> nope, we don't. Thank you, Tyon Evans, for never going to class. <laughs> well, I was looking at the Louisville game and he didn't he was getting replaced by their backup or whoever they was because he wasn't doing very well. But uh, I, I think he just done what he did here last year. Yeah. I just I we miss his his running style. It's a it's a good running style, but you never know. Like I said, it's you never know. It's early in the season. Things a lot of things will change. A lot of things will change. A lot I, of players I, I, players will get better. I definitely want to see the freshmen play more, Samson and mm-hmm. Williams Thomas, because Samson's good. Wright is the best we got. It looks like he is the I, best. I, I, I would like small and short yard situations, but Wright is the best we got right now, and he's about oh, kind of reminds me of Torin Pool or something, but not as good. He does. Yeah, yeah, he's like he, yeah, no, he he's similar to him. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it's just like, I, but that's kind of, uh, you don't want to be running that up to good D lines that they're going to destroy. You. And he's fumbling; he's fumbling back to back games. Yeah, he is. He, he needs to really hold on to the hold on to the football, man. All right, let's let's transition to the Florida game. Okay, I I don't want to overlook Akron. I get a football, but I. I think we're going to just blow them out of the water. So I'm not really too worried about it. I don't know much about Akron besides I know they're really bad. But zip it up and zip yeah. it down. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are not a good football team. We're going to zip it to do right up that ass. Okay. Yeah. Michigan State 52, Akron nothing. I, I feel okay. Mm. Yeah, I, I think they're not going to be able to stop a freaking cold against this offense. Uh, and, and, and again, it's I think it's going to be one of them games where Tennessee tries a lot of things they need to work on. It's going to be like Ball State. I just think they're going to they're going to try like against Ball State. They're very vanilla because I think they were working on several things that they needed to work on. So I think it's going to be another game where they work on things they really need to work on before they get to Florida. So I think that's pretty good. It's going to be the game plan. I think that's how it's going to go. It's going to think again. It's going to be very vanilla. I don't think it's going to be very over the top, I think they're going to work on a lot of blocking and D-line maybe. Just simple, simplistic things that football one-on-one type things that they just need to get the work the Kings out with. But let's let's move to Florida. Uh, Tom came out earlier uh, today, this Monday, since we're 12th, it came out. 
then on September 24th, there'd be a 3.30 p.m. kickoff, which I'm fine with. Uh, would I have liked a, like a 7, 7 p.m. game? Yeah, but I'm I'm fine with this. I mean, you knew you were going to get one of the two, uh, but I'm not mad. I don't really care. I just – I would rather – I kind of do like these afternoon games because I hate – this is my opinion, but I hate waiting around all day long. It makes me so anxious. It's – I just – it drives me – up the wall when I have to wait the entire day for a 7 p.m. game. It, it drives me up the wall. And it just, it, it feels right. Tennessee, Florida on CBS. I mean, that's just how God intended. <laughs> for like a couple of years. <laughs> for this year, next year, maybe. Um, yeah, unfortunately. But let's, let's go back to, let's go back to early in the podcast. Week one overreactions. What do you take away from Florida's loss to Kentucky? Um, what do you take away? I I think the uh, Anthony Richardson Heisman campaign is come and gone. Oh, what a what a wonderful life it lived for a week in our hearts, because he looked like oh my god, I, I think he might look like the worst quarterback in the country last week. What is he thirteen for thirty four? It was it was it was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. There were times where he just you didn't know what he was trying to do. I do you think he got too much confidence for? How he performed that week and started thinking he was the greatest quarterback in the world or something. I thought he was. Uh, I'll tell you, one man who's looking not so bad right now is Dan Mullen. Because mm-hmm. everyone thought Dan Mullen was the biggest idiot in the world once when he was a- AR 15 came out there and. AR. You better stop that nonsense. Son, what are you saying here? <laughs> Crazy you know, we, you know I don't go by that anymore. I'm a civilized <laughs> man now. Uh, um, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, you, whatever. The, the, the artist formerly known as AR-15. He's just now, he's just now R. He's a pirate. Um <laughs> Uh, okay, but but this this goes back to what I've said the whole podcast from week to week. He could have looked horrible this week, looked amazing the week before. <sighs> Kentucky has outstanding linebacker play. They took it to him all night with their linebackers. If you get pressure on Anthony Richardson, he panics. He mm-hmm. did it last season, and he's doing it this season. From the Kentucky game. When he gets a quality opponent with pressure on him, his only instinct is to take off running, and if he doesn't have that, he's going to throw a horrible pass. So we're going to get pressure on him, and unlike the game he just played, there'd be 100,000 people screaming their ever-living hearts out at him. I, I, I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. I think this Akron game comes at the most perfect time. Because I think Tennessee is going to work on some things. And who's Florida play? Don't they get a tough game? USF. It's not. Oh, no, it's not a tough game. I mean, it could be. I mean, if they play like they did against Kentucky, it could be. USF is not a pushover. I mean, They're not a trash program, but they're not good. It's like Memphis. Yeah. Well, no, Memphis is. Well, Memphis now hasn't been like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're sitting here talking about USF and Memphis. Um, But USF is their opponent. They get a little bit of a breather. They probably won't have to use much to beat them. They've had two. I'm not a big fan of Utah. I don't really care about Utah. I never thought Utah was really actually ever that great. 
to start the season or any season before this, really. I just think they're just a Pac-12 team that beats up on the, a weak Pac-12. Uh, yeah, no respect for you if you play west of Texas. I'm sorry. It's just the way it's going to be. No respect. Mm-hmm. Except for that time BYU beat us. But... Well, BYU. BYU is always good, though. BYU yeah. is always so good because it, it, it they play as a team. They, they, they don't have a star. So they're forced to have that same. We have challenge. taken our side of the holy war. Okay, we are the <laughs> we are we are the cougars of the holy war. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some Utes watching this podcast right now. And they're so angry up in Salt Lake City. Oh, they hate uh, those those cougar lovers. I, 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 I will look. I, I will look at the uh, geographics of this podcast after we get off, and I'll let you know if anyone from Utah watched it. So I, my money's on no. <laughs> You'll be surprised. I mean, I I get on the geographics from the listen to the podcast, and there'll be people from like China. It's probably some spam, but they'll be from China. They're probably trying to hack us, but whatever. Uh, hey, bot. Right, so, yeah, exactly. So, uh, Tennessee back to Tennessee and Florida. I I don't want to get into predictions. Don't want to say anything until after this week. I don't want to. Uh, I want to get on. Uh, next week's podcast after we blow the doors off Akron and I want to preview the entire Florida game because it is going to be one of the we'll, we'll we're rolling in there three and oh it's going to be 2012 ish 2016 ish type hype when we roll when, when they roll into Knoxville it, it's going to be actually I lied it's going to be worse than that for the Gators it is going to be unbearable in that place it, it's going to be the i'm going to go ahead and just say it at the start of the game it's going to be one of the loudest things in neyland stadium I, i'm just I, it's going to be one of those type atmospheres where people are so ready it's They're going so to be 2015 ready. it's going to be 2015 oklahoma and trust me, Baker Mayfield ain't walking the, through that door. Yes. I, it's going to be unbearable for the Gators. And like I said, I don't want to get too, too ahead of myself because we're going to pre- preview this next week. But I I got a good feeling about it, man. I really do. <laughs> I just do. Because we I played like do. crap and got away with a win. It makes you feel like, well, we're not going to play like that. Like that. Two weeks from now, like it's Why good not? you did a bunch of bad because and got a win because you got to see like you at your worst and and you got survived. It's like it's like uh taking an exam and you you passed, but it there's so many things you know you could have done better and you'll mm-hmm. do so much better for the final. Oh yeah. And oh yeah, it's just that same kind of mentality. But I I've won. never Thank been God we so... won that game. Thank God we won that game. Good lord. I would have been. Imagine we lost that game. Imagine if they went for two instead of kicking the extra point and we lost to Pitt. How how would we yeah. be feeling right now? Pretty crappy. I think I think we'd we'd want to die. I think I think it would just be like <laughs> the worst. Because I I, I looked at everyone around me, and this is my honest, truthful thought that came out of my mouth, and I still would have believed it if this would have happened. I said if Josh Heupel doesn't win this game, he's not the guy. Yeah. He's 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 not gonna last for five years. No way. 
no way. And they found a way to win. And he knew that by his reaction after the game. He knew that. The team knew that. They came out so nervous because they knew that this game was so important for, for not only just for the season, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't care what anybody says, one game at a time, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> wow, how cliche. One game at a time. We're, we're playing, you know, at one week at a time. No, you're not. Your, your mind is on Florida every single year around this time. Don't care what you say. It's sports. You're human. That's how humans That's... think, especially if you play sports. That's how your brain is. It is. That's that's how it is. So that game is going to be lit as all get out. That game is going to be tailgate city from 7 a.m. all the way till kickoff. That stadium is going to be a madhouse. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, get your ass there. Do not sell your car and buy a ticket to this game. (laughs) Sell your car. Your start, ass. Say your car and start walking to Neyland Stadium right at this moment, okay? And camp. Do whatever you can, man. Because it ain't cheap. Trust me. If you don't have a ticket, it ain't cheap getting in there. But do everything you can to get in there because it'll be worth it. I guarantee you it'll be. Well, I think it's going to be. I think I it's going to so. be a fun, violent atmosphere for Florida. <laughs> fun for us. Violent for them. I think it's going to be violent. They're they're gonna they're they're gonna realize why Neyland Stadium is such a hard place to play in. It's gonna it's gonna Anthony Richardson and that team is gonna realize holy crap what are we getting ourselves into? It's gonna be but, great. Yeah. So I, I hope that's how it goes. I I know the beginning of the game is gonna be off the chain and it's gonna be so just sure. a madhouse like I've said. But anyways, we'll preview that next week. But let's let's get into around the SEC. Let's 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 spend about 10, 10, 15 minutes on this, and then we we can uh, we can talk about. I want to talk about Scott Frost for a little bit, maybe for you, five, ten you minutes. Get, you want to get frosty with me? Oh you man, there's there's a freeze warning. <laughs> the freeze warning. Oh yeah, the freeze warning. But let's let's go around the SEC. What game to you popped out the most in the SEC? But we're gonna go down the list right here real quick. I'm I'm gonna I'm look at all the scores, and we're gonna go down the list of the SEC. But what game to you, Austin? What you were you just oh, kind of like, wow? Okay. Oh, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, Texas A&M lost to freaking App State. <laughs> The Mr. Mr. Million Dollar Players, number one recruiting class in the country. Old App State walked in and they were they got checked that you know their backup free safety is getting the A and M, and decided to beat that ass. That was that was pathetic. That was pathetic. The game for myself that popped out the most, which to me was worse than the Texas A and M loss was that Texas-Alabama game and how the refs tried their hardest to screw Florida. And listen, I'm going to preface it with this. Yes, Alabama had several penalties in that game. Yes, I know. I'm not stupid. I say this every single year. It's when the refs call or don't call 
penalties on Alabama is why people get angry. You can call little ticky-tack penalties, which they did on Alabama, offsides, encroachment on the defense. Those little That's not going to affect them that much. It's when they do or don't call a penalty late in the game, and Texas got screwed late in that Who game. Who could have seen this coming? Oh, my <laughs> God. Texas, Alabama got preferential treatment from the officials. Say it ain't so, my friend. This is something I never had the privilege of seeing in my own eyes. Yes. When, when, where have we gone society when Alabama, of all teams, is getting treated by the refs like, like they're God's gift to earth? It was the fourth quarter, okay? And, yes, Texas should have made that field goal to go up by position, but that is not the main point I'm about to make here. The main point is the missed face mask by the officials that were standing right there, and even the announcers brought it up. Like, how can you miss that? You're standing right there. Alabama face mask. The Texas, I think it was running back. It was, I'm pretty sure it was running back or wide receiver. It was one of the two. Face mask guy. The most obvious face mask, which it was third down, which that would have put the ball halfway, dis, half the distance to the goal, which would have been, I think, the three or four-yard line. It would have been one of those yard lines with a first and goal. But guess what happened? Up, we Missed it. And before that, even as well, did you see the part where I was it the tight end? I don't know. Ran two yards short of the first down marker and they immediately caught it a first down and gave him a new set of downs and they kept going. Are you blind? They, they do that so much. In the, in Are you the, blind? Uh, so many times they make like the worst judgment call on spotting and they just act like nothing happened. I hate that so much. And it's, no one never talks about it. I feel like it's the most iron talk thing. Like it happened in our game too. I think uh, the, on the last sack on third down for the final stop of the game, we sacked them around the 28-yard line, and they put the ball at the 20. It, like, what the hell are we doing here? I, it, I, it's, it's, it's baffling. This is why I can't remember what analyst brought this up, what analyst said this. The analyst tweeted out, I don't know if it was like Danny Cannell or somebody like that. I, I, don't, I don't know. It was somebody up there in the sports world that tweeted this out. Welcome to the SEC, Texas. This is a new norm for you, being screwed by Alabama every single season. By the officials. That 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 is quote. I'm kind of just not not verbatim, but that is what he literally said. That is oh, what he said. <laughs> I'm just, you know what I'm already thinking about. October 16th, man. There ain't enough mustard balls in the world. I just are, I can already tell you right now, there will be moments in our game against Alabama where you're going to want to run out in the field and do something. I'm just telling you right now because I think we're going to challenge Alabama. I think, I think we will give we Alabama. We challenged them last year, but we'll really challenge them this year. And it's going to be in Neyland Stadium and they're going to get some calls that will absolutely blow your mind and just make you want to your brain explode in your head. <laughs> and I, in the, what happened against Ole Miss was we threw mustard bottles on the field and stuff. And I'm nervous. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. That but, was, uh, that was, that was an, and you, you remember the uh, safety or the, the not safety where and they're interested or Bryce young. They came it. back. Intentional grounding. Didn't make it out of the mm -hmm. end zone past the line of scrimmage. 
intentional grounding, obvious intentional grounding. Then he came back, and the ref said, what did the ref say that the other ref said to him after they reviewed the call? Oh, and, uh, it, uh, it was like, basically he said, oh, sorry, we made a mistake. Um, they tried everything in their power to get this in favor of Alabama because there was a safety. I, it's everything in their power. And Alabama lost by one. And it was clearly a safety, which means Texas should have won by one. It's unreal the favoritism these bastards get on a weekly basis. It's insane. And they Fuck don't them. need it. They don't, they don't, they don't need it. Like of all the teams in the world to get that treatment, it's gotta be Alabama. Like the team who has more depth at every position. The guy, the team who gets the transfers from the best teams. I half their players came like the, not only do they recruit better than anyone, but if you have a player on your team that's like a free starting and he's playing like a first round pick, well, guess what? He's going to Alabama. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just like the most unfair thing I've ever seen in my life. I it, and I don't mean to sound whiny or something, but it really is unfair. It's just straight up unfair. And I, that old man just needs to retire. I hate him. I hate him. No, no one deserves worse than anything. This isn't this isn't even the SEC, but here's some clips and stuff. 35 to 12 over Furman. That's pathetic. 35 to 12. Uh even allowing Furman to score 12 points is pathetic. But uh even if it's your third string players, they're that's <laughs> That's pathetic. Arkansas, Arkansas is good. Okay, okay. I, I love Sam Pittman. He, they are good in South Carolina. I'm telling you that that score was kind. They they did not play that good of a game. No, they didn't. Um, they have, I mean, they have problems at O line. They are really no. It's bad. really bad. It's bad. bad. Spencer Rattler is going to be. I I don't think the guy's that good, and he's going to be running for his life every single day. I mean, it's bad. He's it's not going to really make bad. it for the season. I don't know, man. It, it I, I just, He's I just, not going to. I'm just telling you, man. It's not that good. Uh, I, I, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I know everyone just thinks I hate Shane Beamer for no reason, and I don't hate him. I just, I think he's stupid. Too much. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's like like this guy should have been a personal trainer or something. Like he shouldn't be a. <laughs> Head football coach. He should be like a gym, gym a P, teacher, a PE teacher, <laughs> yeah, like there you a go. assistant to the regional manager. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he seems like he shouldn't. He shouldn't be on this big of a stage because he's too cringy to be this big. Like I can just see him walking around looking at all, all those like motivational posters. Like, like uh, I don't know. It just it doesn't work, man. Oh, <laughs> like oh, a whale, like a bunch of birds sitting on a power line. Motivation. Like how do birds yeah. sitting on a power line means motivation? Where the hell does that even come from? <laughs> Motivate it's like, people. It's like Cinema uh, power uh, line. It's it's so stupid. Um, um, what else? <laughs> Whale still uh, coming out of the water. Oh, did you see who played uh the Buckeyes this Saturday? No, it was uh our old friend from uh Arkansas State, Lyle Allen Jones. Oh yeah, what happened there? I <sighs> lost 40, 45 oh, to th- nine, course. but 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 there was video where he was uh early in the game where he was turning into a uh raisin <laughs> oh yeah that guy again. he looked like he literally looked like that you've seen the movie uh inside out or have you seen the character who head turns on fire in inside out yes he like, gets angry uh he literally looked like 
I didn't know a person could get that red in the face. Mm-hmm. It, 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 he's gotten to a new level since he's left here. I don't know what's happened. I don't know if I get, I, I don't think he's doing well health wise. That does not look healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just looks very unhealthy for Amanda. Look like his head's going to burst into flames due to anger and sun, <laughs> sunlight. Yeah. But that, that was funny. But, uh, other games. Oh, um, I mean, I'm not laughing really. I don't care. I don't, I don't, I like the guy fine, but Marcus Freeman, uh, his tenure at Notre Dame ain't starting out the hottest. It's just week two. Let the guy Marshall, man. It was Marshall. I I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. There were 20 point favorites. I get it. Tell me you're just like, "Ah, I know. I do give him a little, just give a, it's a second coach game ever. And he hung out with the high state. Second second game on a schedule. I get that. I get that. But it doesn't mean he's going to lose. This is the overreaction people have every week, which is a beautiful thing, which I love. It's fun to watch people overreact. They took Ohio State down. I wouldn't say to the wire, but they, Ohio State's probably going to be in the playoffs. And week one, overreaction, they took him to the wire. I didn't think Ohio State. I still don't think they're very good, but you know how is going to be there in the very end. Losing the Marshall is horrible, but it happens every year to big teams. You you take a team it lightly. Didn't, it didn't feel like an upset, though. If you watched no. the game at all, it just felt like Marshall was a better team. I think quarterback, got, they, got, they suck. They got problems at quarterback. They, Their quarterback, quarterback sucks. Has been, has been an issue for a while at Notre Dame. And it, they kind of they kind of start remind me of uh, LSU before Joe Burrow. They just can never find that good of a quarterback. Like they had Ian Book, and that was like Zach Ben Menberger, but it just yeah. seems like nothing really that good at quarterback. Um, what else happened? We talked about Kentucky and Florida. We know how uh, how that game went. LSU rebounded and beat the crap out of Southern University, sixty-five, seventeen. Uh, let's Auburn. Oh, good, oh, good oh. lord! Do you see their the. I'm sorry, but let's go back to Kentucky for one second. You see the fans after that game in Lexington? I did not. You didn't see I, that video of them destroying the cars and lighting the the, the like lighting a, a mattress on fire? It's they they're they're like flipping over cars. Was yeah, it like yeah. App, App State type feel? Oh, I did see that. No, it, see no, that. App State was fun. App State was fun. App State. They were flipping over cars. Yes. Time. I was like, oh, that crazy. Was, that sucked to come out of out of your house and that's your car. But um, Ash, uh, it, I, I mean, did Florida that. isn't even that wild. good. Florida isn't even that good, in my opinion. Huh? Well, they were amazing last week with the Heisman winner, but now the second week happens, and look at them. Uh, look at them. <laughs> Auburn barely beat San Jose State Oof. by a touchdown. They play Penn State uh, next week. That's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, here's here's one beautiful thing I do like about. Akron being at 7 p.m. You don't have to stress about it all day, and you can watch football all day and then go to the game. So yeah. it's it's a, it's Akron. I'm not stressed. Um, yes. All the other SEC games were you they turned out how you would think they would turn out. And then I'm Mississippi State, through. Mississippi State looks legit. I'll I'll let me let me say they're that good. They're I know good. it was Arizona, Arizona is awful, but they I think they're the it's the second. way they play. They could be the second or third best team in the West. I'm I'm being for real. Oh yeah. I mean, heck, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not totally convinced at this moment that Alabama is the best team in the West. Yeah, they'd be probably, th- they probably seventeen. They probably will be at the end of the day. Do you know what, what time that game gets that Mississippi State kicked off? 
10 o'clock. 11 p.m. Eastern, yeah. Oh, 11 I'm, Eastern, sorry. Yeah, I, I've in, never seen that for SEC. I'm still in God's time zone, so mm-hmm. that's, a, that's so the time really, zone. Yeah. yeah, must be. I got a text from yeah. you at 1, 1 p.m. that same night. I was like, yeah, I've been in bed for an hour because, well, 2 p.m. your time. 2 a.m. Yeah. It's 2 a.m. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, 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 I love it, though. I love it's 2 I love being up at 2 a.m., Watching Oregon State, that Oregon State game. I I don't know one watched it but me. Oregon State, Fresno State. That was a crazy game. They were down by three with three seconds on the clock, and they were at the two yard line. And there's like, let's run it in. They just ran it and won the game. It was awesome. I like Oregon State is one of those like teams I kind of root for sometimes. I like their uniforms. I want to get to the last game that I am seeing that I'm scrolling through right now. Georgia Southern 45, Nebraska 42, and Scott Frost is done at Nebraska. And they're so stupid for firing him right now. <laughs> Q, it was uh, so much the money they just wasted. If they just waited Q. for what, October 1st? My gosh. And he lived his tenure like a candle in a single possession loss. I, I I tweeted this out. Yeah, I tweeted this out. I tweeted this out the morning after that game, and I said, "Imagine waking up and thinking Scott Frost is your coach, or, or still your coach." And I got a lot of replies back, but there was one certain reply I can't remember who it was from. He's like, "But he was so good at UCF." No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. One season. He had one really good season, and that is it. Every other season was very mediocre. He had one good season. Every other season was like six, seven, maybe eight wins. They're not great. And he had that one season. And then he got crowned the head coach at Nebraska prematurely. It's just, I just don't think people do. It's the hot coach of the, of the, just the moment when people hire, I'm like, do your research. I think it's just like the wrong situation. I don't know. Some some guys just shouldn't be center stage like he was. I, I just don't know think, why. I just uh, think that he was a alumni of Nebraska and all of that giddy giddy BS stuff. And what you were just about to say, Austin, in the moment hiring coach, like in, in it's in the moment of hiring, like oh I mean, god, he's a hot commodity because the media is making him a hot commodity. <laughs> How thankful are you that he did not want to come here? Because we would have hired him in a heartbeat at that time. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he, he, he was he was in between Florida and Nebraska. We had no we had no way to attract him because he didn't. Heck, if he went to Florida, that means we would have. If he went to Florida, you know, we would have hired Dan Mullen. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy how like these things. And the guy who replaced him is now our head coach. And exactly. And UCF thinks that he's like the worst coach ever. I'm like, well, take a step back and look at it now. Josh Heupel was a better coach than Scott Frost. Yeah, they, 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 they had crap that this week losing to Louisville. Louisville didn't even play worth a crap. Louisville sucks. On short rest. And they got their ass by Syracuse week four. Louisville sucks. So, Oh, I want to talk about something. Go for it. My, one of my other teams, the fighting Kansas Jayhawks are, I think, 2-0, and o, baby. And they <laughs> up on West Virginia. And, man, I'm just happy for them, okay? I'm just happy. They won the game 50-something to 40-something in overtime. Listen, and, if, I, if I had two teams 
that I could root for outside of Tennessee. One, one would be Tulane and one would be Kansas State. Are you talking about Kansas State? Kansas State, yes. I if said, I had I two Kansas. teams, I know you did. Oh. Like you, you said, you're fighting Jayhawks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of saying, like, if I had two teams outside of the SEC, outside of SEC, stupid, outside of Tennessee, it, it would be one would be Tulane, one would be Kansas State. So you kind of follow your Jayhawks. I kind of follow my Tulane wave and my my Kansas State Wildcats. Well, I mean, Kansas is kind of just like, you just never root against them. <laughs> it's impossible to. I mean, it's like, it's like rooting in basketball. It's like rooting for rooting against a person when they're having like a deadly disease or something. Yeah, it's ever basketball. <laughs> um, um, it's just like it's just like I I kind of viewed Nebraska as my other team because I just felt mm-hmm. bad for those people. Right. And oh man, I think Neil Brown though he I think it's his last year at West Virginia. He's now zero and two with the losses to Pitt that he had won pretty much in mm-hmm. Kansas. Does that does that affect how you think at all about our game that? They lost to Kansas the week after they almost beat Pitt. No. Again, yeah, week one overreactions. It's it's just one of those things. But um, if you're out and about, everyone still listening, if you're out and about for the Akron game, come see us. I'm pretty sure we'll still be at G10 where we always are. First mm-hmm. floor, down by the road track, in the grass, right down there. Come visit us. Come say hi. Come have a beer with us. Come tailgate with us. It's always fun, no matter who the opponent is. But the following week, we'll let you know where we're tailgating. I'm not sure where we'll be. Probably still be G- G10 because we'll find someone over there at G10. We'll see. But we'll see. We'll see. But get your ass to the Florida game. No excuses. Even if you're just in Knoxville, come to Knoxville. You don't have to have a ticket. Get your ass to Knoxville. Make that that place just an insane atmosphere. We need it. Tennessee deserves it. This team deserves it. They fight their asses off. Get your ass to Knoxville. And if you're in Knoxville this weekend, come say hey to me and Austin and the channel crew. And we will we will be there. So you can, you can say hey, you can say howdy, you can say hi, you can say you can say hey, do you have a beer? Say, do you have a beer? Yes, uh, we do. Come get the yes, beer. We so do. So, but if you're gonna stay, bring your own. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I've had that happen before, and it's uh, it's not that great. <laughs> you're not taking all mine. I'll give you one. Yeah, we'll give you one or two, or one or two. But if you're gonna stay like yeah. an hour or two, you gotta maybe bring a six pack at least. Hey, Anyways, all right. This is the channel podcast. I'm your host Randy, alongside Austin Brown, signing out. We will talk to you next week. It's been a blast, Austin. Bless. Peace out, people. See you next week. See you.